0: what is up everybody welcome back to tag team my name is riley holbert and i'm joined by my good good friend jw Crewall. jw how you doing today
1: riley i'm doing fine once again i'm looking forward to the holiday season gonna get a chance to go visit family and just relax enjoy some time together you know do all the things that you do on the holiday season love christmas so it's gonna be super fun coming up here yeah, for sure, man. I feel the same. I have
0: the whole week off for Christmas. I saved my days up, and I'm just going to go back to Ohio, spend some time with my family, and relax for the first time right. in a while. So that's going to be awesome. Right, I'm right. very excited yeah. for that. And I'm sure you're excited
1: for some eggnog as well. I love the eggnog. I brought in some – well, my wife brought in some eggnog for her uh, Christmas party at her work, and it was a huge success. <laughs> So, and then we had another friend come over a couple of days ago. She also had some of the eggnog from the party, and said it was very, very tasty. Although the only other time that she had had homemade eggnog, it had chunks because the tempering process was done too quickly Uh-oh. and uh, scrambled some of the eggs. So it's I actually a very, about the process. It's a very intricate process. If you want to have like a like a safer eggnog, then what you do is you heat up the milk. Uh And then you add it like spoonful by spoonful into the whipped egg yolk mixture. But if you do it too fast, then the eggs will cook into scrambled eggs, basically inside your eggnog. So that is very interesting, actually. (laughs) It's
0: very interesting. So, yeah, uh... you might be glad to hear yesterday at work. They had a
1: eggnog French toast. Okay, I'm into it. Very, very good. I mean, did it taste any different than regular french toast uh slightly yeah there's definitely okay. a
0: noticeable difference
1: okay i right i'm i'm there for it i'm yeah. there for i like french toast i like eggnog i'm just an eggnog guy so like i'll eat uh, or drink like eggnog milkshakes i'll drink eggnog you know with any type of liqueur um i'll have Eggnog, I mean that eggnog french toast sounds incredible I'll just I'll just eat eggnog like kind of whatever way you throw it at me
0: yeah for sure I think my like holiday seasonal thing that I really love is I love peppermint flavor so like yeah graders in Cincinnati Columbus does like peppermint chip or like peppermint stick ice cream and that's so good and like Chick-fil-a has the shake that's also so good
1: I have a I have a free coupon for a free shake at Chick-fil-a
0: there you go. You got to get the peppermint yeah, one, dude. That one's
1: good. that one rocks. <laughs> yeah, no, it it is for the peppermint one. I'm I'm looking forward to eating it.
0: Yeah. That is so or good. Or drinking it? Do you drink a milkshake or do you eat a milkshake? I guess it depends how quickly you get to get around to it relative to when you got it.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Like, <laughs> like you start by eating it and then and then you drink it at the end.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel usually. Yeah. like Seems you ever weird. have milkshakes and you just have to you literally have to spoon them because you can't
1: yeah like all the culver's milkshakes they make them so thick
0: yeah the, the uh custards that they use well anyway <laughs> take it away from food we did have an awesome time this past weekend at your holiday get-together back in yes. columbus it was really nice seeing everybody and we also got to play some pokemon we got to we play did. a bunch of cube which is super cool uh, we can maybe talk about that later, but we did play some standard Pokemon at the VGMX League Cup in Columbus, Ohio. VGMX is kind of a more recent store to come up in Columbus, and it's pretty cool to see the scene kind of blossom in Columbus. Sadly, after I leave, I don't know, maybe related circumstances there, but <laughs> yeah. Nevertheless, uh, we both attended, and what did we end up deciding to play, JW?
1: well we played pidgeotto control
0: pidgeotto control so you know i landed it was kind of late in the evening but we kind of mulled over for a while exactly what we wanted to do we talked quite a bit about the list and the cards that would come in and out of it um what would you say was like notable about the list that we played what made it good why did we settle on something like the pidgey control of
1: that we played Uh, I would just say that the list was very, I don't know, straightforward, very consistent, uh, optimized for just getting the strong turn one, uh, specifically optimized for getting the turn one um, elms. So we included the full count of elms, the full count of Pokegear, and then one card that not a lot of people always include. Uh, as a max count of the acrobikes, which right. I have loved uh, recently. Now we played it without Jirachi, so that would be like the next like consistency card that you could either add or substitute in the place of acrobike. But uh, in any case, we went the full like trainer route uh, of maximized consistency to try to get that turn one uh, attack off. Uh, beyond that, I don't know that there was anything really unique to the, our list. Uh, we took out a lot of the. Unusual techs that you might see, things like Absol we didn't play. Um, I'm trying to think of other. We did go back to a Mew Unbroken Bonds, though, which hasn't played much. Sure, sure, that's true. So we were expecting a lot of things like Tina Chomp. You know, Tina Chomp, just their spread damage turn after turn can be really devastating to your board, especially if you have kind of a slow start. So we were thinking, okay, maybe the Mew from Unbroken Bonds could uh, help uh, assuage some of the difficulty with that card as it's being played in its own deck. And it's also seeing some play in the Malamar decks. Um, But yeah, it was, I thought, just a very strong call for the weekend. I ended up hitting some uh, either bad matchups or kind of awkward things. But I thought overall we had a really good and strong 60 cards. It just didn't work out for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Neither of us ended up making top eight, sadly. I did quite like the list that we had, uh, maybe we can share that on, like, the tag team Twitter or something so people can take a gander at that and decide for themselves that they like it. Um, sure. I would, I would agree with your analysis, though. It was kind of straightforward. It was designed to get the turn one elms, the turn two elms, and then plow through the deck. Uh, we played two hapus, which really helped to accelerate through the deck, and I definitely noticed that as we played it, too. Um, yeah, That was a very nice boost to the digging potential. Yeah. Um, no cute cards like Will or anything, but didn't really feel like they were super necessary. Alaskan Hero, thank you for the sub on Twitch. 10 months, that's awesome, man. Thank you so much for the support. Um, yeah, I mean, I really like Pidgey Control right now in the format. I think it's a pretty good deck. And I I am always like surprised, I guess, when people say that they think Control doesn't have the time to finish because we finish all of our games and, and you know, obviously some of those were losses but we finished like close games in what i felt was a comfortable amount of time even one game in particular i'm thinking of where i kind of berated you for playing slowly you still didn't even hit time in that game right <laughs> there's actually several minutes after you finished it <laughs> so
1: right right
0: so like i just want to reiterate as i have said several times now that i think like stall strategies are perfectly viable in like the best of 130 minutes it didn't really feel like time was ever an oppressive factor or something that like was causing a hindrance to me sure yeah i don't know i feel like people if you if you think time is a problem you probably just haven't practiced enough because you're, yeah, think, you're I, spending too much time thinking about what you have to do
1: right right and, or you're kind of maybe making decisions that aren't optimized for the turn that you're on so i found myself doing this a lot too is like in the mid game i would be getting back cards that i'd actually just want for like a couple prizes in the future like i found myself just putting back in like chip chips which isn't necessarily a bad play but when you're in the early and mid game you kind of want to you know you'd rather have i feel those supporters like hapu and stuff just into the deck to make sure that you can plow through and then you're kind of setting up to just do the big combo in there at you know three or two one prize that kind of that kind of thing so um you know even i found myself kind of doing some unusual plays with the deck i was tilted in one of the rounds where i prized (laughs) very tilted yeah i prized two water energy and so i had no access to articuno and it was a matchup. It was a fire, uh, Blacephalon matchup that I really would have loved to have the, Art- the Articuno access. Didn't have it, and then ended up making just some weird plays. Um, <laughs> my other loss was to a dark box, which was really sad because I prized a uh, copy of um, the stadium that we played the, um, the Power plant, the power plant. So <laughs> I couldn't chain those back to back and i know the list that she plays plays a ton of stadiums i think it's something like two viridian two night city or dark city um maybe it's like three viridian and two dark city something like that just like four four maybe five stadiums in her list uh which make it very difficult and then obviously she plays the red and blue so being able to search out the um you know search out the the energies from the deck makes it really hard as well (laughs) So prizing that stadium was really tough because I could never quite get the lock. uh, And then I couldn't hold the lock. Even if I did get the lock, she was able to break out of it, uh, which was really tough. So not going to, you know, not to say like that I couldn't have won, I guess. It was just really tough with. And then she had two copies of the um, two copies of the Guzzlord that takes two prizes every time it goes for a knockout. So I was able to mill one of them, but I couldn't quite get to the next one. And that one just, you know, ran me out of a Rangaroos and I ended up winning the game for her. So like she played it perfectly, uh, very, very well. I just wasn't able to put enough pressure on to take the dub. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that for sure.
0: My losses typically, it came down to one game I had to not chip chip for one turn and they got a reset stamp after i i it was like i probably could have finagled this better but the way that i played the cards out which i think i probably misplayed at least like one turn out of that game i had to misty and lorelei discard a ridiculous amount of cards obviously and then the next turn i got reset stamped and decked out (laughs) and it felt so bad because like I wasn't even thinking about that being an option until right after I'd bestie and Lorelai, and I'm like, "Yeah, oh jeez." <laughs> yeah, you were you were pretty salty. I was a little salty. I'm not gonna lie, but my opponent like saw the out, and like props to them for you know continuing to play when the odds were stacked against them too, because sure. they had no energy left as far as I know. Like, I honestly thought that they had begun to run out of energy a turn earlier than they did. Because they were playing the Lucario Metal and didn't grab an energy off the, the Metal Fist, I think, like whatever grabs the energy out of the deck, um, and I'm like, oh, he, you know, he's out of out of metals. Like he only has these three energy left. That is like that's a fine amount because he can't KO my dudes. <laughs> um, unfortunately, he did have that last metal, which kind of like threw me for a loop. And, yeah, so I think just like multiple turns of like me not. <laughs> Not fully like comprehending what was going on happened there. No. Right. And I was like for a moment I was really upset because I was like, Oh, you know, I had five cards in deck, I could have played a pal pad and like gone up. But then That's I thought we were talking just now and I'm like, Well, right. wait, if I played the pal pad I would have gone down to four and then up to six. Dead, so right. I would have still once. <laughs> so like yeah. it's whatever. It was just a mess. So <laughs> yeah. it's whatever. Yeah. Stuff happens. It was still really fun. My other loss was just to a, a fire deck. I wasn't drawing super well so i only have one Pidgey on board most of the game and then i with the chip turn a chip chip and they top deck of fire energy to knock out my mick for game yeah Yeah,
1: it just it feels like a a deck or our performances were kind of on the on that wrong side of variance (laughs) where you just you know if like you said if they don't draw that one card (laughs) on that one turn then like you probably win the game handily or, like, if they don't do that one thing, if they don't have that one stadium on that one turn, then, you know, you probably win. Uh Unfortunately, it just didn't go like that for us. Yeah, Still would consider Pidgey to be a, a extremely viable deck. I don't think that there was anything in the room that I was necessarily afraid of facing, uh, besides maybe that dark box that just had a ton of stadiums. But even then, I think there are ways, if you, like, played the matchup out, you know, a ton of times, like, I, I think you still end up favorable in that matchup I just... Um, don't think that there was necessarily anything in the room that I was saying, man, I hope I don't play against that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it was a pretty good call for that tournament, just like on a conceptual level. Um, there wasn't a ton, like even I, I really can't even think of anything I would be that scared of that was in the room. Like Mewtwo is probably one of the scarier matchups just because of how fast they can like get the game moving. And there wasn't really a lot of that. Right. I'm not really scared of Malamar or anything. So it felt fine. Um, Pidgey definitely has. I feel like the, the control decks in general are a little more suspect to variance sometimes because you're playing cards like hammers and you know you have like the flips and doll stall and like there's all sorts of weird stuff that can just go wrong.
1: Um, sure. And you and you only have two. You know, you you're only playing two ups, so like you could easily prize. Yeah. Or or even worse, like you could never have the chance to play them because you have like you know a bunch of your Pidgey lines are prize of uh, the Pidgey lines. Yeah. Pri-
0: so. Yeah, for sure. So. Actually, one of the games I won, I prized, like, three Vigiotas or something ridiculous like that. But I did no. have, like, such a ridiculous mill off of Belalfa that it was, like, impossible for my opponent to win no matter what. So <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, a turn two Belalfa. I'm just, like, I got nothing else, man. Slam. And I milled, like, some no. of their most important cards to win the matchup.
1: <laughs> so... Broken, dude. <laughs>
0: It was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, it felt really good also to be back in Columbus and playing cards with some with the people I've known for a while. Um, sure. So I, I had a great time, even if the tournament didn't go as well as I would have hoped. And honestly, I would probably take this 60 to another cup easily on a different day. Uh, yeah, Maybe with a little more time to practice and a little more sleep the night before. But I would definitely consider playing it again. I don't know if there's anything else even really on my radar that i want to bring the Cups at this point. Sure. I don't know. J.D., yeah, what are you feeling?
1: I, well, I would say that. Um, I'm going to be honest. You know, Malamar performed really well that weekend, I think taking two of the Ohio Cups. Yeah. And, and so you have to look at Malamar and just say, hey, you know, we've kind of been dissing it for the longest time, but maybe it's just that perfect Cup deck.
0: Uh, I mean, Malamar has all season been the Cup monster
1: yeah yeah absolutely i would say you know from memory just that it's locked locked down you know at least a dozen that i can just think of off the top of my head cup (laughs) wins uh which is pretty strong for for that deck so i would say you know malamar i would definitely consider taking that to a cup like it's one at least on a cup level and it's kind of fun when it rolls so it definitely
0: is fun when it works i will say
1: yeah yeah so that, that would be another deck on my radar. The last and but not least is uh, Mewtwo. I mean, still going to be that strong contender uh, for the entirety of at least this format. So definitely considering Mewtwo if I were to go to another cup uh, in the next few weeks. But those would probably be my top three at the moment. Yeah, I, I would say if
0: it wasn't Pidgey, I would look towards... Um, I still kind of want to try ADP, even though I rag on it a lot. I just kind of want to try it have it in my hands at a cup um it just seems like kind of fun even if you get your strategy actually going it seems pretty fun um and i would also probably play malamar as like a third choice as well Um, we we both were talking about this after the cup and actually even before the cup we were kind of talking like hey you know malamar might be an option and we're like no 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 like let's just not (laughs) resign ourselves to playing malamar and then Malamar right. ended up winning the cup that we were at. Uh, yeah, and, and so we were kind of like, yeah,
1: it, it ended up winning, and it. I don't think it really had that much representation. Um, it there was were, like two people. I was gonna say there weren't that many people. <laughs> I think it only had one placement in the top eight. So just, just going to show that, um, you know, it's really not on a lot of people's radar, uh, or at least in my local metagame. Yeah. And so Which kind of surprised
0: know, me because like Columbus yeah. has historically been like a very Malamar heavy Central. area. Mm-hmm. you know so yeah. but you know that's that's how the cookie crumbles i right. malmar is like a deck i am less inclined to play just because it makes me kind of anxious and uh also just like sleeving those suckers up just feels <laughs> kind of bad in of itself like you're just like
1: <laughs> you have you have such like a negative reaction to it from the past that it may be hard for us at this point like our the myelin of our brain has you know <laughs> told us that Malamar is bad, and like we can't play it, so we get repulsed anytime we see Malamar.
0: I mean, don't get me wrong, too. Like <laughs> I've stand Malamar more so than you have. I think like I was right. I was super into Malamar for Worlds, which was yeah. <laughs> I think would have been a bad choice. But
1: now, now to go um, beyond uh, this format, obviously we're getting a new set in a couple months. Do you think Malamar gets better with? uh you know with the new set at all this is like kind of tangentially related yeah but do you think that malamar continues to um be you know this this very like decent maybe very strong local cup deck um or does it get way better to the point that we may start seeing it perform it you know well on a regional level um i think there's like pluses and minuses that are going to come with malamar
0: like The Quick Ball, I think it is, and the Evolutionary Incense are both really good. I think those are the main cards that Malamar is looking at from Sword and Shield, so obvious assets there, just being able to set up better is all that Malamar really wants. I mean, Quick Ball is kind of like another set of treasures that you can throw in your deck, almost. Um, Mm -hmm. It can't grab the Malamar, but it can grab your Inkes, which almost are more important to grab. Um... So I, I do like that, but it, I don't think it really gains a lot in the, in the way of, like, attackers or, like, options. It just, fe- it'll, like, do the strategy already just better. And the reason that concerns me is that... Well, it also gets, like, the Sycamore supporter, which is super good for Malamar. Um, and thank you, Nikhil, for the, for the bits. Uh, I, the, other, the thing that concerns me, though, is that there's now these really viable, insanely high HP Pokemon... Where Malamor is now like three hit KOing them pretty naturally, even like with spell tags and stuff, you know, with those V maxes. And so that's, that seems rough to me, especially if they utilize like Mal and Lana and stuff. I'm thinking stuff like the, like the Lapras V max, I could see that being played for sure with the Frostmoth. Yeah. Um, Snorlax V max could also see play. And right. it's, it's just like, it's hard to tell. I, and I, I hate to, like, theory on that far ahead, too, because the game is, like, fundamentally changing going into Sword
1: and Shield. Right, right, exactly. And that's, I mean, it's interesting, right, because we've said for the longest time, like, that is why Malamar maybe isn't best suited for this format, because you just have these huge tag teams that can heal with Malo and Lana, Um but that hasn't really deterred it. And actually we've seen the Malamar list evolve and adapt. I think the most notable inclusion in Malamar, it has been just a big tag team of its own, be it uh, Lunala and Leo, or uh, I think more popularly the Giratina Garchomp tag team. And just both those being able to deal that big damage to kind of get over the hump, be able to take, you know, what would have been maybe a two or a three shot by a Malmar into a one shot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean those are all definitely factors. It's I think Malamar is a really hard deck to call, but it's almost feel also feels like an impossible deck to ever write out. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like sure. I don't want to attest to Malmar being one of the best decks in the format, but I wouldn't I would not say it's like unviable or anything like that either. Because right. Malmar is just one of those decks that always claws its way <laughs> from whatever pit it's trapped in into being a good viable deck
1: sure or at least good enough you know for the haters out there (laughs) (laughs) absolutely cool well let's move on from malamar uh discussions into something new i don't know what should we talk about now
0: well i mean i gotta say the cosmic eclipse format kind of burned itself pretty quick um not because it was inherently a bad format although i wasn't a huge fan of it but it's because like a lot happened with it in a very short time so like we plowed through events and now there's like nothing left in godsend club standard um but i do think there's a ton to be had and shout out to the tricky jimmers for that raid there um the expanded format i think has a lot to be explored still and i mean now we're in a post-ban world you and i have been talking quite a bit about like what we want to bring to dallas coming up that's going to be a huge tournament I'm really excited for that. Yep. So what does the future hold in that regard? Like, we could look towards Sword and Shield all we want, but I don't think we can really predict yet. But Expanded is just around the corner. And I know, I hope you love Expanded, JW, because as good as gracious, did. you're the most recent Expanded Regional Champion. Or, well, second most
1: recent. Expanded. Second most recent, yes, yes, yes. Don't don't forget... Uh, I could never forget Ian Rob because he destroyed... The Ian Robb special. He destroyed special. our
0: deck. Yeah. yes.
1: um but yeah it's the second time Ian
0: Rob has destroyed my deck
1: (laughs) right yeah exactly exactly um yeah shout outs to Natalie um but yeah I think there are six viable decks that I'm really looking at breaking down in the expanded format I don't know that they're going to turn out to be you know the six tier one decks although I do believe a lot of them are very strong I just think these are kind of the six decks that I initially go to as being the best decks of the expanded format, um, and I think they will probably be some of the most played in Dallas. And so I, I've been saying this for a while, but I think Guardian, Mew Three, Ultra Necrozma, Zorogarb, Dark Box, and the uh, Humpty Dumpty Vile Plume deck. I think those are the six decks that I'm looking to initially, and in saying they have a lot of strengths. They do a lot of things really, really well. They maybe were archetypes in the past that continue to be viable and maybe even get better with the loss of the stall decks. Yeah, and they, you know, for a lot of these, they gained something you know very cool from the most recent set. So for those reasons, I think these six decks are the kind of the ones that I'm going on to the ladder uh, and testing with friends and telling people that I think most of them are going to be good plays. It's just kind of figuring out the best play.
0: Yeah, and the best list as well, I know. You and I both are very much fans of refining down lists to the nitty-gritty pieces of it. (laughs) That's probably why we work so well together when it comes to decks. Sure. So let's go one by one then. I think the first one that comes to mind for me, and one that we talked quite a bit about this past weekend, would be the Zoro Garb archetype. Just came off a win in Portland with Ian Robb, and overall... I think continues to just be a strong deck in every single expanded format that we've seen in the no. post like red card hex world. Um, talk to me a little about your thoughts on Zorogarb. You told me before the stream that you're not super into it. It feels kind of mediocre. I yeah, have some thoughts that I'd love to to speak to you on that, but I want to I wanna hear your side first.
1: Well, Zorogarb is definitely a deck that I feel I could be you know on one side of the bed one day and the other side the other day where it could flip-flop between being this kind of average deck that i don't see a lot of potential in to being you know the tier one archetype that can take any single deck down um and unfortunately recently i've just been on the <laughs> wrong side of that and saying you know did some testing on on twitch and on my on my channel and just kind of seeing the deck perform in action, I was losing a lot to things that played Garbodor. I was losing, sure. you know, to Ultra Necrozma stuff that would just uh, be able to use an ADP and I couldn't dig for my Ranger fast enough and then they'd be able to one-shot Zorarks and then I'd be in this really <laughs> awkward position. Not good, no. They, right, because they'd have the Garbodor up and it was just like, wow, I should conceptually be able to destroy this deck. Like I have Ranger in my deck um, I should be able to, you know, do some tricky things, you know, maybe Faba their energy or um, kill their Garbodor and like end them low. And maybe they're out of energy or things like that. But it was never that easy. And I kind of got down on myself on the deck. I think, again, it's always going to be inherently decent. I'm just not sure what the format shaping up, if it has what it takes to be the winning deck, like the best deck in the format.
0: Yeah, I think that's a pretty good summary. What I kind of alluded to, and we've talked about this a lot in person now, is, is Zorogarv always feels, not mediocre, but it's like, you have to try harder to win, it feels like, than a lot of decks. It's not necessarily a bad thing all the time, no, but it's just like, no. it doesn't feel as good, in my opinion, as yeah. some other and, and expanded it decks. Never,
1: it never controls the game from start to finish, I've, I've found. like There's usually like a turn, and especially now with these decks like there's usually a turn where it's like ah if i don't hit it here like if i don't hit it off this end then i'm in a really bad spot uh it just never can control the pace of the game the way like a turbo dark can where they can pop off from turn one and you basically just know you're gonna win the game it's just kind of going through the motions just attack, <laughs> and attack. right uh, or, even a, or even a thing like vile bloom right you get up the the item lock vial plume and your opponent doesn't have a board presence and then you know okay i'm i'm gonna have the time i need to build up an attacker and just win uh it yeah. doesn't quite have that strength from beginning to end although what it loses in the early game i think it does make up for in the late game you do have a lot of options to lock your opponent in the late game we think of uh the garbotox and garbodor. um think of just n being a very strong card you're more able to draw out of a late game end so it does have some things that go for it in the late game, but it's just kind of getting to that late game uh, that's always the issue.
0: Yeah, yeah. Zorro Garb always feels like kind of a an exploration into like routing your game plan and prize mapping, and you know getting to end game board states. Whereas you know you play stuff like Turbo Dark, and you're like, hey, well, you know it's turn one. Let's figure out what we can do.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know Zorro
0: Garb's turn one. The like most impressive turn one you can have is like bench a couple of basic Pokemon, <laughs> <laughs> and like maybe shaming at the end of it, like, right.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, it's just and even like I don't know a deck I I like Guardian. I think Guardian is another good play. Uh, that also feels has this like feeling of inevitability. Yeah, you know where if you can get that magical miracle for six probably, you know, gonna win like 80% of the games, right, that that happens, or something like that, it just, it has this kind of inevitable feeling where if you can just get to that win condition, then you know, you're, then you're going to win (laughs) whereas Garbodor Zorark is like, you know, what, what can you think is like the ideal board you know, having like four Zorark out and maybe the Garbotoxin down but even then it gets kind of weird because like, you shut off your own abilities and I don't, it just there's a lot of There's things lot that are going on out. for sure. There's a lot of things that are going on and a lot of things that are counterintuitive. With yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think probably my favorite deck right now is still turbo dark. It's just, you know, I love the unga bunga strategy of just going ham with the elixirs and the patches turn one and saying, you know what you got, man. <laughs> answer yeah. Answer me. <laughs> like you figure this out.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. What can you do in response to that? Um, I think that's just like a strategy that will always see some modicum of success because it's just so straightforward and so powerful. And it's asking such like important questions of your opponent, you know, like being able to one shot a tag team on turn two, it can't ever be that bad. Right. Like (laughs) it can't be terrible. So if any, do you have any additional thoughts on, on turbo dark or why it might be a, a good or bad play?
1: Well, again, I mean Turbo Dark was really good last format, so uh, I think it just maintains its strength. It kind of beat everything. I don't see too much too many new decks coming out of uh, uh, Cosmic Eclipse aside from you know, aside from the alternate crossbow deck. I mean, there are d- new decks that will come out of Cosmic Eclipse, but in my initial kind of testing and my initial views on you know tcgo and just my experience i don't really see a lot of the new cards making brand new archetypes outside of alternate Crosma. um but even then i think dark box can handle that deck um you know for the most part again i need to do some specific testing of that matchup but uh, there's nothing really that i'm scared of if i look through the list of like possible options there wasn't really that much that turbo dark was scared of last format and I don't believe that there's anything new that it should be scared of.
0: Yeah. So let's actually shift focus then. You've talked about there not being a ton of new decks besides Ultra Krasma. I mean, I think we've talked a lot about these existing decks, and I don't think they transform in a significant enough way to really to, for there to be much new information there. But the new deck, I think that is truly interesting to people, is this Ultra Krasma deck. With the baby Ultra Krasma, it has that ability which prevents it from attacking unless your opponent is at two or less prizes, but you know there are all sorts of ways and Expanded to turn off abilities, including but not limited to Garbodor, Muck and Silent Lab all mm-hmm. sorts of very effective ways to be able to attack with that Ultroner are doing 170 for two, and discarding sure. of energy off your opponent, like just because i guess (laughs) right so that's pretty good that's pretty good gotta say, and you compare that easily with adp you can just leave it solo uh there's all sorts of ways we're seeing that be played yeah my personal problem with that strategy i think it's pretty good there are actually two things i don't like about it the first thing that bothers me is that pokemon ranger is a card and it's a card that people like love to throw in their deck randomly um it appears in all sorts of like aggressive, turbo we kind of decks. and Or like Zorak decks, just throw it in, just because they can. Sure. You know, trade it away if you don't want it. <laughs> so, makes me a little anxious, because if you're playing like an ADP focus build, and they Pokemon Ranger you, then you wasted an ADP, and an attachment, and an attack, and now you're like, well, I guess I probably lose now, huh? <laughs> so
1: yeah i well i would just counter that to say that the ultra necrozma can put so much pressure on that a ranger in a lot of cases doesn't matter so it's like like
0: it depends on the situation obviously you know Mm -hmm. and it depends on like your board state and how often they're able to guzma but there's another thing that i don't like as well which is the fact that there's a lot of pieces to chain if your opponent is putting pressure on you so like You know, I think the deck is very vulnerable to situations where you get your Pokemon knocked out, you get end to a low hand size, and now you have to find... Usually, I think the Ultra Cosmo deck really likes to Gust, so you have to find a Gust card. And I know they're playing, like, great catchers and stuff to help with that, but still, you have to find a Gust card, a Pokemon, hopefully you have one on the bench, and another energy attachment, of which you only play four. So that's a kind of a tall ask, you know, it's not necessarily easy to find all that immediately, especially if you get ends to one or two and you're like, well, I have to find this like three very specific cards. And
1: yeah, totally. I mean, I think that lists will, um, start to modify themselves to, you know, be able to counter that. I mean, I'm thinking of things like, teammates going in the deck that i haven't really seen right. from any of i mean teammates um, thinking, is an
0: obvious inclusion right for those special energy one prize decks
1: right right i think so but i just just saying like the decks will adapt the things that i'm seeing now and even the initial concept that i had on the list was maybe a little bit more focused on guzman Hala. whereas i think you know playing it more i i see that the build that i initially had is very clearly not the <laughs> uh, superior build and so I do find that the Garbodor, yeah, limits you in that way of uh, you know getting end. You're a little more susceptible to a late game end, whereas a Muck Octillery combo can give you that additional draw power that you need at the end of the game. So it'll be very interesting to see how that deck and uh, changes over time, because I do think it is the deck that a lot of people say, oh yeah, you know, you put Ultra Crossman, and Garbodor together, like it makes the perfect pair. And and yes, they're very good together. However, there are other ways to build it. And I don't believe um, at the initial stages of testing that the Garbodor variant is far and away the best variant to play.
0: Right, I mean, there's trade-offs, right? So like the muck is the most consistent way to turn off your ability and you can have access to other things. Same right. thing with Silent Lab. They have evolved abilities, um, but then the trade side is your opponent, namely your Zorak opponent, will have access to their evolved abilities. And you know, also stuff like Guardian will have access to their evolved abilities on the Aromatisse. Right. Um, but mock Artillery is definitely something I would personally be a fan of because of stuff like N. You know, you cannot... Um, you can't so easily take advantage of ending your opponent. But either way, I think there's some kind of build to make it work better than I think it has so far. Uh, Leaning hard into Sycamore and teammates might be the way to go and just having catchers and never using Guzma or Lysander. Um, But even then there's like, there's still a lot that can go wrong when you have a basic deck, like basic non GX special energy focused deck like that. Um, And it doesn't, necessarily have one shots it has one shots on shamans and dene's and, and that's lele. like the... and lele which see the... less and cool. less play by the day it feels like sure. um but then it it doesn't one shot like gx's where stuff like night march um you're kind of similar in some ways like you have you're doing a lot of damage you're using a special energy attachment and you're a one prize attacker but you're one-hit KOing things no matter what's in the active so it's like i think they have a, an interesting like balance there between what's the good a good and what's the better one prize play i actually think night march might have a significant or like be a force to be reckoned with in this new meta game because yeah. i don't think a lot of people are really thinking about it um and being able to one-shot things
1: yeah it's always I... nice <laughs> right. I think the problem, though, I, I feel like the comfort pick will be Zora Garbador for a lot of players. And then I think that, you know, the obvious inclusion in Zora Garbodor is just a, a one of Oricorio. Um, sure. So I, I'm not too sure how big Nightmarch will be in this format. Um, but you do have a point that, you know, it's not being talked about. Um, it always seems to resurface and do the best when it's kind of under the radar. So we'll see if, uh, if Nightmarch does, in fact, show up. Um, in spades well another yeah. thing to
0: consider is like you know sc- stuff like night march um it thrives obviously when people aren't prepared for it and right you know stuff like zorogarb is pretty tight on like the cards that you can include like it's you have a you do a lot with the deck but you know you can only fit so many techs and sure. if they have to choose between like teching for ultra necrozma attacking for night march going to this event which would you think the person would be more likely to choose i think it would be ultra necrozma
1: i would agree yes so
0: i don't know I it's like it's kind of interesting how all that like adds up to how a deck might do well or or not i mean sure. the is there sure anything no. else that like jumps out to you specifically from cosmic eclipse oh,
1: we'll- yeah, yeah, there is. Uh, just one second. Jolly yeah. Flying Man says, uh, you know, Night March has a bad ultra necrosis matchup. Yeah, I mean, I would say so, right? If they use the ADP, then they can still outpace you because, you know, if they use ADP on the first turn, and then even if you're able to knock out the ADP, which I'm not even sure how you would. Electric powers. Nightmarch. What's that? Electro powers. Oh, yeah, with Electro powers. Even if you knock out the ADP, then they can still go knock out, knock out, knock out consecutively and win that prize trade so yes unless they have the ranger in their night march um they will likely lose to the ultra necrosmo that plays adp although if they uh, if they ranger knock out adp in the same turn you would instantly lose yes
0: you're right. <laughs> which would be very funny
1: that'd be insane yes that'd be very funny and crazy uh, <laughs> I, I would love to see that and i'm sure there will be a game like that on stream uh, <laughs> In Dallas, but the other thing that kind of jumps out to me is that I do think Mew three will be a good deck for uh, the tournament. It gains a lot with the with the decline of the Zork control decks. I think that's just a deck, and that might also again be me saying I want this deck to be good. But I, I do really <laughs> believe that Mew two was in a good spot last format, but it just got hated out by uh, things like. You know zora control specifically just was too much to overcome and so um three seems to be a deck that i would be comfortable telling people to play something i'd be comfortable playing um and something that i think just is a now a more viable deck than it was last format and then i think plume retains its power i think it stays this strong deck i don't think a lot of people will be thinking about it heading into the regional um you know with with Ultra Necrozma being, I think, the new hype. Um, I think a lot of people kind of sleep a little bit on Plume. Yeah. I have to say, there might be people that are teching for Plume. I've seen a lot of Wobbuffet, and I've included Wobbuffet in my list to try to help out with the item lock, uh, something that we didn't see last format. But uh, I, I do think Vileplume will will maintain its uh, place as a, as a good choice. Yeah, I
0: mean, Vileplume really struggled as well against those control decks, which are fading out. I don't think it has the best Zoro Guard matchup, but um, certainly more winnable in some of these control matchups. That's for that's for Danksure. Sure. I also really do like changing up kind of the way we've seen Mewtwo. Um, with stuff like Lopany now existing, you can play cards like Guzman Hala and even just like a couple DCEs. Right. And being able to really... There's the problem I had primarily with Mewtwo is that it had a lot of trouble dealing with stuff like Darkrai that gets set up too fast and just one-shots you. Right. Um, but if you just throw a Megalopunny in the discard, you grab a DCE and a D Valley, you're probably going to one shot the Dark Rites in the active.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The cool <laughs> thing, too, is that you can do things like if you play a more DCE focused build, you can play things like Seisman Toad, which, you know, is basically like Noivern. And then to also make it, you know, make an easier snipe attack, you have access to Snivy and Venusaur GX, mm-hmm. which is a cool card that, you know, for one energy attachment, you can do 50 to the whole bench. So ideally, you know, the Zoro Guard player could lose their entire bench in one turn. Which uh, would be be
0: unfortunate. Very, very strong. Yeah, that'd be unfortunate for them, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's a lot of clever new tricks that can come out of having DCE as an option now. And especially, you don't even have to run four if you don't want to. Because you have Guzman Halla now to like consistently grab that out of the deck whenever you want it.
1: Right, Absolutely.
0: I, I'm personally excited to see how Mewtwo evolves. Per, that was a deck that was really fun and really interesting strategically to play. So I'm sure there's all sorts of cool things that people will try, and I'm sure that we'll try quite a few of them as well because we, we will stay on Mewtwo in this chat. <laughs> we, we do. <laughs> so, in both formats, we're kind of shills for Mewtwo. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> cool. Well, I think that's a pretty good primer on where we are and Expanded right now. I think that was the only other topic we really wanted to directly address today, uh, so we will open up the, the floor to questions here. Before we do that, JW and I did want to preemptively announce that we do have this tag team Twitter account, this tag team Pokemon, I believe it is, on Twitter, um, and on Christmas Day, we are not going to be doing a podcast,
1: but instead, we will be doing a giveaway, so... We'll- Launching a giveaway on our Twitter. Uh, what you'll need to do, we are still figuring out the card. We believe that we have the card, but we're going to be giving away some very rare, expensive card as long as you retweet and follow our Twitter. Uh, just going to be something fun to kind of uh, drive some engagement and just get the community involved, just give away something on Christmas. So uh, we think that'll be a really fun way to to do that. Yeah. So we'll be giving, giving it away. All you have to do is like, retweet, and follow the account, and then you'll be you entered to win uh, one of these really cool full art. What did, what do we say, Riley? What do we say?
0: Well, we don't want to lock it in and set in stone yet, but we yeah, okay. we're looking at we're looking at a couple cards, and I think I think the the fans will like it. So um, so be on the lookout for that. Do follow the account. That's the best way to keep in the loop as far as what's going on and things you wanna be doing. And I think in the future we'll use that as a if we get more followers, that as sort of a question submission mechanism. so we can tweet a couple days ahead of time and you all can pose those questions that you want answered during the week's cast. So yeah, I think absolutely. overall it, it serves to benefit uh, everyone here if we drive engagement there because I think it will allow us to create the content that best suits your needs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's always great to have people submit con- uh, submit questions in the chat. Uh, but sometimes there are topics that we didn't even consider that would have been really good to actually dive a little bit deeper into during the podcast uh so yeah just having that outlet to be able to say those a little bit earlier is always great uh we have one question from Nikhil earlier in the stream he says are you guys excited for the v cards and v max cards or are you sick and tired of three prizes
0: yeah, I can start on that. I don't. I don't really have a problem with three prizers as much as some people outspokenly spokenly do. Um, as lo- I think, what will really determine how good of a format is is if is like the variety of strategies. That's all that really matters to me. Whether that's one prizer, three prizer, four prizer, um, and I think tag team actually did have a good variety of strategies that were cool and interesting and viable. Um, Whether or not the VMAX format will maintain that seems to remain to be seen, but I like how you evolve the VMAXs. That's a little more interesting than tag teams just being slammed on the board. It's true. The only thing I really don't like is how the regular Vs are basically just EXs again. Um, Yeah. Because I thought EXs were a much more underwhelming mechanic than GXs. Right.
1: Right. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: You know, at least, especially to go back to that, you know. So. I don't know. Are you excited for Vs, JW?
1: I mean, I think the V cards are cool. I think the three prize deck, uh, three prize attackers lend themselves very well to competitive play in that, um, you know, you only have 30 minutes in a cup or in a challenge to play your matches. So uh, I just think that being able to finish a match a little bit on the quicker side, never... I mean, you know, the longer the game goes, the more room there is to make misplays or to outplay your opponent. Um, But I do believe that with the three prizers, it will, and it has, I feel like, accelerated the strength and the growth of the game just in general from like an entry level standpoint uh, to the point that I think they're good for the game, even if they make the games easier. Um, We've seen that they haven't completely like, Destroyed The stall mechanics, stall is still very good. Um, those, I think those types of strategies will always be good and be things that people can play. But I personally like the three prizes. I think they're very good from a competitive play standpoint. Yeah, man, team yell. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That'd, be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, we I, I don't know. It's kind of a, we're in an era of still expansion- from an HP standpoint, somebody brings up, I was hoping we'd get to 350 HP stage twos and like, we're not done yet, right? Like, the, <laughs> although it's not v- over yet. Let's keep going. The VMAX have to be, they have to be like the highest HP Pokemon, like ever, right? Because you can't, I, I could never see them going like the VMAX plus or something. And it's just like double the size of VMAX. That's just, now we're getting ridiculous. <laughs>
0: What if it's but, like you combine two cards together, gives like six prizes and has <laughs> six hundred health or something?
1: <laughs> that would be crazy. I like I don't know, maybe that mechanic could be good if like it said you can't bench any more Pokemon or like you can't have a bench, you know, so you're just against this one dude. <laughs> active, but it just still sounds so wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that does sound pretty messed up. <laughs> that would be kind of cool though if there's just like some pokemon card that was insanely powerful but you can't have a bench while you have it and like maybe yeah, maybe even like part of the ability is just like you pluck it out of your deck when you start and like throw it in the active so you don't mulligan a million times yeah that'd be fun. that that sounds like it'd be kind of cool. whatever <laughs> <That's> what... <laughs> Alaska here asks, considering how quickly people lose interest in formats, could the world outside Japan support the Japan release schedule of a set or a mini set every month?
1: Do you have any thoughts? I think that's fine. I Although I, I would contest like the beginning of that saying, considering how quickly people lose interest in formats, I don't know if that's necessarily the case for for me. I think there have been formats that I've had a sustained interest in. Uh, for months at a time. Um, but yes, I do feel like I'm in a lull right now. So I'm going to be biased and say like, of course I would want more mini sets to kind of spice things up. But I don't think it's quite so bad as um, as maybe the question has painted it to be. Although I will agree. I mean, I always love an influx of new cards. Always love an influx of new strategies. So I'd support it.
0: Yeah, I it's like kind of weird because we get such massive sets right now that it gives us a lot to work with and i think that theoretically that formats could last a while and there's still more to be discovered i i think part of it is how the tier two events and up are are organized so if they're all on one end of the format that's typically when the most development in the format will happen just because that's when the most top players are working on their decks and showing them on the largest stage so everyone gets to see them um I don't really think that a bunch of mini sets really solves anything because it just all that really does is dilute the uh the quality of each individual set right like instead of getting mewtwo and Macar or and uh espion deoxys and all that stuff in one set it would be split out over like two or three sets and it would just make each individual set kind of underwhelming and feel kind of weird uh, at least with how we have currently structured it so I don't, sure. know. I don't really think it would solve anything to have like more compartmentalized breakdowns. If anything, it would just make it harder to be a consumer and player, because you have to keep up with so much all the time.
1: Yeah, that's the other part, right? That is, is just More cards means more expense to the player. Um, I mean, they could maybe, like may, like you alluded to, not make the set so big to begin with, and then release like a mini set later, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I, I would support it, but um, there are definitely pros and cons to both.
0: So we'll take two more questions. There's one I would like to hit on, or not really a question, but a comment. PK Bubba says that Pokemon V seemed balanced right now, but I'm afraid it will turn into Tag Teams where it started balanced, then took over the format. Uh, I don't know when to you that picaram seemed balanced, <laughs> but uh, I think Tag Teams started off pretty broken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I
1: think it was like i I think when they say balance, they are really referring to like there were evolution decks, one prize evolution decks, I think specifically of a deck like wheezing, which that sucks it <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, you know it still existed in the same format, and you know well, I feel had, like that's
0: not the fault of the poke tag teams either. It's the fault of like we didn't have any way to search out one forizers or any weakness checks like it's not like the tag teams were designed in such an incredibly broken way relative to the original ones it's like we just have no checks to them right now sure yeah
1: i mean it's interesting right
0: and for the last question of the night threevo tv asks do you feel dark dragons or turbo dark is better suited for the current meta and And have you guys done any testing comparing
1: the two? I have only tested Turbo Dark. I feel like it is extremely strong. Dark Dragons feels good Uh, from a conceptual standpoint. I just am curious as to whether or not it is as streamlined. Obviously it's not gonna, you know, you're trying to fit in more things so it's not gonna be as consistent um so that would be the biggest thing that would worry me about dark dragons obviously that has like a more uh strong potential but you're risking the already like and turbo dark is already strong so you're kind of taking away some of the just inherent strength of the consistency of turbo dark and putting it into other things that make it maybe a bit stronger but less consistent so i would say stick with turbo dark um if you're finding that that deck is struggling in the things that you're playing against or the things that your friends are playing against or in your local meta, then maybe start to look into Dark Dragons. But I don't really think that Dark Dragons adds anything that Turbo Dark can't handle by itself.
0: Yeah, I am inclined to agree. And also Dark Dragons makes me a little anxious because all the things that really make Dragons special and good, I'm thinking of Giratina and ADP, are both get bodied by Ranger, which people are already looking at putting in their decks. And so at that point, why not just play a more consistent version that'll hit your max elixirs every time? Which I love doing that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The the counter to that is, right, is like you use your ADP, you use the GX attack, and then you're immediately set up. If they don't one shot you, you're immediately set up to just start accelerating energies. And then at the point that you can accelerate energies, you're, you know, you're going to go buck wild with how much stuff you have on the field. So that would be kind of the counter argument to what you're And and I I mean, I see
0: that. And I, I posed yeah. that to you as well. Is that the ADP can accelerate the darks, which is like so cool. Um, but you know, you're hitting max looks, less, you have to find these start your double dragon energies, which isn't that big of a challenge, but still, um, whereas you could, instead of GX attacking with ADP turn one, you could just knock something out. And so instead of winning the game in two attacks after an ADP GX, you could win it in either two attacks or three attacks, excluding the ADP GX. So, right. so what's the right. point? I guess
1: right exactly
0: you know so. like adp doesn't change the amount of knockouts you have to take on a tag team i guess unless you not got a tag team and a two prizer sure or a one prizer i guess uh, which doesn't happen that often i feel like the, the tag team decks you typically can knock out two tag teams because they just have to hit the board right um, so that doesn't change anything there um, and then against two prize decks that only use two prizers the ADP GX attack takes a turn, so you still have to spend three turns attacking. And then against one prize decks, I guess this is where it really shines. Um, but the only real one prize deck seems like the Craftsman deck, or maybe Night March, and you can probably finesse them anyway because you're Dark Turbo Dark. So right.
1: right. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, it'll it'll be fun. I'm I'm really excited about this expanded. Um, you know, control. Has had its time, and was <laughs> uh, yeah, that that best deck? I think pretty much undisputed. Even in the regional that I won, if I had to go back and redo it, <laughs> and having the knowledge of the decks that were uh, able to be played, like I think I would have played, you know, a Zorak or, or a Pidgey control. That just yeah, seems yeah, to me like Pidgey deck. That deck is so best, good. The best decks out of that format. So now that we lose um, Chip Chip, now that we lose Reset Stamp, now that we lose. Uh, Surge's training method, or whatever it is, Surge's strategy, Lieutenant Surge's <laughs> training <strategy>. method. <laughs> uh, it's just it opens the format up uh, to having a lot of viable attacking decks. I, I think it's very very cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think this expanded format is going to be really interesting, and so I'm excited to share more with you all what we come up with. Cool. So I think that's a that's a pretty good stopping point for today. Is there anything else you wanted to say before we hop off, JW?
1: Just remember to like uh, and follow us on the Twitter account. That is, I'm going to pull up the handle here really quick. Uh, But yeah, again, we're trying to make the Twitter account some place to go to, uh, to, you know, follow what we're doing when we go live and all that good stuff. So follow us at at tag team Pokemon on Twitter. um, And we're going to be doing a giveaway. Again, like we said, Christmas Day giveaway, look for that. You don't want to, you know, be out of the loop for that. So uh, follow us now and we'll get all that information when it comes back. Yeah. And JW, you're doing tag team after dark or Pokemon oh, after? Sure am. Yeah, yeah, we're going uh, we're going live like as soon as we get off here. So let's uh, let's get to it.
0: Cool. All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in today, and we will catch you all in the new year. Peace.